The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss some of the challenges and opportunities in the evolving landscape of advertising. Joining us is Chris Navraski, who is the co-founder and CMO of Hure, which is a digital agency that works with businesses and founders, both nationwide and internationally, to help them scale their D2C brands. Hure offers services such as fractional leadership, holistic growth strategy, managed audits, and growth mapping. Yesterday, Chris and I talked about marketing's demise in the digital age, and today we're going to continue our conversation talking about how optimizing PPC is not how you grow. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Chris Navraski, the CMO of Hure. Chris, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you back on the show and to continue our conversation. So yesterday we talked about something that might seem like table stakes, but is often overlooked. Marketers can't just be performance marketers. They need to be brand marketers and performance marketers. They need to understand product. Marketing as a role has changed a tremendous amount. And I made the point yesterday that the title demand generation, which is usually somebody that is doing performance marketing and conversion rate optimization, is mistitled. Because I think that building your brand is what grows demand as opposed to doing performance marketing is what harvests demand. Talk to me about why optimizing PPC is not actually how you grow. The challenge here comes back to something that we talked about yesterday, and it's not taking a singular channel view or a myopic view on a growth strategy. Any singular channel that drives more than 25, 30% of your total revenue, in my view, is a risk to your business. And that diversification of channel mix will allow you to not only de-risk profile, but to continue profitable growth in a more sustainable way. The wider challenge here, for example, within Facebook is that we don't typically see more than sort of three to 5% of total revenue being driven through this as a channel. Again, it depends. There are some cases where it drives 30, 40%, but again, these are some very specific cases where the brands are very in tune with those channels and those outputs. This comes back to that view of a multi-channel strategy to drive growth. I think focusing in and honing in on one thing alone is not going to get you to where you want to get to. Yeah, it's interesting that you say 3 to 5% of your revenue should come from one channel. And that's kind of been the opposite of my experience, specifically back in the day when I was working in a services or an e-commerce business. 
was let's get our Facebook ads up and running. And, and this was five or 10 years ago at this point now and rely on that channel. We need to cultivate growth and the places where people are looking to discover new products and services tend to be when they're passively scrolling the internet. And that's been Facebook for almost a decade. Maybe it's more TikTok now, maybe it's distributed through influencers, different formats of content. But three to 5% sounds like a really low number for a single channel. That means that you need you know, more than 20 channels to get to 100% of your revenue. If you're not relying on performance marketing or specific channels to carry most of the weight for your revenue, how do you advise companies cultivate all of those channels and grow them to their max capacity? So three to 5% is within a fully fledged marketing mix. So if all the other channels are humming at a volume, so that's saying 15 to 20% through email, 20 to 25% through organic, 25 to 30% through Google ads. So within a full marketing mix, typically we see it about three to 5%. And again, that's not a cap, it's a trend that we see. And again, this caps by the profitability of those things. So what I'm hearing you say is it's not that you need 20 different marketing channels to grow. It's that you're getting a fair amount of your conversions from people that are already in your funnel. You're doing email marketing, right? You're focusing on building content. You're doing organic growth. That should be the lion's share of your revenue, which is tapping into people that are already looking for your products or services or you've already built a relationship with. So help me find the balance when you're working with marketers, how much should they think about tapping into the existing pool of contacts and leads that they have to try to convert them? And how much should it be true demand generation getting new people into the funnel? This goes back to it depends because it does. I don't want to focus on Facebook as this isn't just about that. But the reality within Facebook is that as a channel, it's very constricted now, particularly within the UK. The CPMs are so challenging that it's no longer a scale channel. So it's very limited to by the commercials, which are then paired back to whatever KPIs you have. So when you build out a multi-channel forecast is to actually look at each individual channel, their KPIs, what they're, what they're driving and how they're driving them to your question around, well, how much of that is acquisition versus retention, a profitable business. I use that essentially around the idea that it's a business that if you build a business to sell, then these sorts of metrics are the ones that you'd want to ring true. So you'd be looking for that 60 to 70% retention rate of customers. And then that 40% of those new customers that come in, and that kind of speaks to these sorts of volumes that you should be looking to drive in. And then that also allows you to really understand the weighting of a channel mix and what they're actually able to do. So focusing on retention through meta, perhaps isn't the right thing to do. Perhaps it's actually double down on that acquisition through that, because that's the channel which can acquire new markets and new customers quite easily within its targeting. And then your Google ads that focuses on your middle funnel, that there is a level of intent that you're going to carve off from. And then your email is your super profitable channel, which allows you just to get repeat purchases, to re-engage, to build more brand presence with customers, to get them to actually integrate with you in a deeper way. So it's all paired back to the business economics for me. But within this, it's essentially saying, well, 40% in my eyes, again, this is a broad brush and it will always depend on different businesses, but that's what you'd look to acquire. You'd be looking to retain that 60%. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. 
Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. As the access to data in performance marketing has been restricted primarily by Apple and the big update in the last year, but also third-party cookies are going away. We've seen deprecation of data in general. Facebook has really struggled as a performance marketing channel. It's still a very valuable one, but it's not the leader in the clubhouse. What are some of the other ways that you've advised brands on filling the gap for Facebook's lack of performance? Where are they moving that media if you're allocating it away from Facebook? There's a lot of opportunities within more traditional lines of marketing. Within Facebook, there's a lot of brand marketing going within Facebook. So actually, if you're producing brand marketing and rich media, moving or porting that over to display, pushing that through YouTube is actually a much more profitable way to actually get market share. So we moved budget away from Meta into display to drive a wider brand narrative. Equally, looking at looking at direct mail, so using an actual AI-driven, fairly programmatic direct mail, which is response-driven. So actually being able to pull in user information real-time into direct mail, getting that printed and delivered within 24 hours domestically, it's almost going back to what worked, and that now is working again. So that as an opportunity is presenting itself as a viable option given the cost increases of marketing. This is a renaissance of these channels. There's, it's finding new ways to work with what is now a tried and tested and relatively old hat channel mix. It's a rebirth. It's not an apocalypse. This is one era of marketing ending and new one beginning. So the tools to build a successful channel mix have always been there and they always will be there. I think, again, this is about something that we talked about yesterday. It is looking at the digital IQ of a team, of a business, of a category, and actually saying, well, there are opportunities that sit outside these skill sets. The large issue with how agencies set themselves up now is siloing themselves as specialists when actually being a specialist generalist, being able to work agnostically across a multi-channel mix allows you to move media around far more successfully and actually start playing with a wider marketing mix. 
as an agency, we work agnostically across every channel. So we've developed an offering which allows us to actually offer a multi-channel activation under one commercial line within a business. So instead of saying, okay, well, it's always on SEO, always on TRO, always on CRM, we work through that in sort of a bit more of a piecemeal way, which allows you to top up these elements as you go, as opposed to saying, okay, well, you need a CRO agency, an SEO agency, a CRM agency. This is the same methodology that marketers need to adopt is the idea that you need to spin multiple plates continuously to actually float and balance KPIs. I didn't get a cell phone until my junior year of college. It was a long time ago. It was a Nokia phone. This before I even had a flip phone. And the reason why I bring this up is that was the perfect thing to happen. It was the era of all the dumb shit that I did in college couldn't be filmed and couldn't be put on social media for everyone to litigate and examine. And so I was able to enjoy myself and not be under the scrutiny of the internet. I feel like marketers have gone through kind of a similar phase in the last 10 years where we could all be fat, dumb, and happy because it was really easy to just do growth and nobody really was paying too much attention because the channel mix was so simplistic. Marketing has been easy for the last 10 years. You can get away with not being a very good marketer because all you had to do was throw money at Facebook and they could use this rich, vast amount of data to go find people that were going to buy your products or services. Now everybody has a cell phone and you can't be that stupid in college or it ends up on Instagram. Now you can't just rely on one single channel to be a marketer. That's dumb too. You have to be able to actually use the practice of marketing, building your brand, doing performance marketing and multi-channel marketing that you can analyze and eventually figure out what's driving revenue. Last question I have for you is you're thinking through the analytics of this new era of marketing and you're not just relying on your one primary performance marketing channel. What are some of the solutions you're using to actually analyze your multi-channel mix? How are you figuring out what's making the biggest impact on your bottom line? This is where it comes into sort of challenging, challenging the traditional KPI mix of a ROAS or a CPA. And I think this is where we start looking at an ROI, which is a broader metric, but it allows us to actually take into an account for all of the costs incurred and then what the actual output is. And again, this is where we can start baking in brand activity. We can start baking in uh, costs of running those ads as well as the actual semi-variable spend that, that actually pays for these ads to go live. And I think that gives us a wider, more holistic view of an input and an output and then what the actual raw goal is. I mean, internally, we've started building out our own BI solution, which allows us to mesh net data, gross data together and start looking for those coefficients between the two of them. And I think that's the reality of where e-commerce is going or where the digital industry is going is the reality is all of these things are paired back to a commercial output. It was always one of the biggest pain points for me within any business to say, okay, we've hired a PR agency. What is their job? How do we qualify them? And it's sort of the answer is always, oh, we can't really qualify PR. It's a thing that we do and it's very hard to see if it's working or not. But in my mind, it's very black and white when the reality is they've been hired with a purpose to drive more business, to help us grow, to drive more brands and to drive the bottom line in the right direction. An ROI helps us actually derive that. Yeah, I don't know if I 100% agree that every channel should be measured on ROI, at least not in the short term, right? There are some marketing investments that you make because it builds the brand, which helps increase the size of the pool. It gives you more lanes with which to swim. 
not every marketing channel is made to drive short-term results. Some of them are investments in cultivating your business for the long term. And honestly, the analytics for those solutions are not really analytics. They're investments, they're bets. And sometimes you have to take a long-term bet and hope that it pays off. And sometimes you're focused on short-term revenue and it's up to each marketer to decide what that balance should be. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Chris Snabrowski, the CMO of Hure. If you'd like to get in touch with Chris, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Chris Snabrowski, which is C-H-R-I-S-N-A-W-R-O-C-K-I. Or you can visit his company's website, which is Hure, H-E-U-R.co.uk. Just one more link on our website I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.